This NBA Christmas Day betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Sunday, Christmas Eve, currently 7.37 p.m. on the East Coast, here to get into the Christmas Day games for the NBA schedule. And joining me, I got my guy here with me. It's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to the Christmas games. I know we had some injury news on one of them, which we'll talk about in a little while. But overall, can't complain. Had a nice Friday episode. Swept. Uh, had the Nuggets minus four and a half. Actually went to the game. So I was sweating it out in person. There you go. And Jokic had those two free throws with like two seconds left to win by five. And then I had Sabonis triple-double at plus 310 against the Suns. And he was cruising. Then you're worried about him getting pulled, but they decided to let him pad his numbers there at the end, and he got there. So overall, off a sweep, can't complain too much. How's it going with you? Yeah, I can't complain. NBA uh, last week was up and down for me. I had like a couple of good days and a couple of bad days. I think I evened out a little bit. Um, NFL today was really good for me as far as player props. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's been an eventful week, and now we're getting into the final week uh, of the 2023 year, and it's um, for some Scott, they say that it's the start of the NBA season when the Christmas Day games are on, but uh, we've been grinding it out um, even prior to the uh, season starting with all of our division previews and such. But um, yeah, exciting uh, games tomorrow, as they always are on Christmas Day. All all five games, I guess we can say, are marquee matchups. But um, let's just dive right in. You You have one TV football, one NBA. How are you going to go about it? Yeah, I'm probably going to have... I'll probably have NBA on the main screen and then I'll have the football on to the side. Um, and then because only because uh, we have one game on at each time, right? Because we have NBA that starts earlier, like around 12 o'clock East Coast. Yeah. And then the first what NFL's game is around that around one o'clock uh, Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. so. I, I think it's set up that way. But let me just confirm. I know the late game's obviously going to be normal, like eight o'clock. Yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. four thirty and eight o'clock. So yeah, so yeah, we'll have one screen for the NBA and we'll we'll have the uh, smaller screen for the NFL action. So definitely looking forward to it. Should be a, a great day of games for not only the uh, NBA but also the uh, NFL as well. Um, yeah, Scott, let's just get into right into it, man. So we can get this pod out to the people. Hopefully, they can listen o- over time and we can uh, find some winners uh, for our listeners. So first game, it's going to be a twelve. Uh, 10 Eastern start um, between the Milwaukee Bucks and the uh, New York Knicks. Uh, Bucks in Madison Square Garden for the second consecutive game. These two teams just matched up on a Saturday, and the Bucks took care of business in that game pretty handedly. Um, I'm trying to pull up the score from that game. Uh, I know they won by, I think, was it like 20 plus, if I'm not mistaken? They won by, nine, they won by 19 officially, but they were up 20 with a couple minutes to go. Yeah, uh, the final score in that game, 131-11. Giannis, 28 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Jalen Brunson contributes with 36 points and 7 assists. But they're right back uh, at it 
First game on Christmas Day here, Scott. Uh, Bucks laying three and a half against the Knicks. Uh, what do you think about the spread here? Yeah, I think the line's too short. I'm actually a little bit confused why it opened up so short. It opened up at around two and a half. Now it's a three and a half. There's no way it's closing a three and a half. I expect it to actually balloon upwards to maybe four and a half or five. But I do think you're looking at Milwaukee just being a bad matchup for this team. Uh, Milwaukee's won all three meetings. They won the last two meetings by at least 19 points. Uh, we just saw in that last meeting, Brunson was going off. He had 36, I believe, and it didn't matter anyway. The Knicks defense of that Mitchell Robinson's abysmal. They can't stop anybody. You're looking at all the other supporting cast members of the Knicks. And you know Brunson is easily the best player on this team. Like That's a given. Yeah. But you're looking around at the rest of the roster. Randall, we know, goes invisible from time to time. I'm not, a, I'm not an R.J. Barrett guy. I've been anti-R.J. Barrett on the show for three-plus years, and I've been anti since he was a Duke. I'm not a fan at all of his game. I think the supporting cast role players, like the glue guys, are fine. But you're looking at who I think can step up as the second or third scoring options for this team. And for the Knicks, I don't trust their second or third option on a regular basis. And Milwaukee has that because Middleton's a very good third option. Lillard's been better lately, uh, a lot better lately. And Giannis is Giannis. So I think when you're looking at the main issue the Knicks run into, the Bucks just have significantly more scoring depth. I didn't even mention Malik Beasley, who's had a very good set of games against the Knicks as well. But Milwaukee's been rolling. Defensively, they've gotten better. They're not a great defensive team, but they have improved as the season has gone on, so I'll give them props for that. But the Knicks, I just don't think, have enough firepower to match this team offensively, especially when your defense is kind of in shambles now that your rim protector, your defensive anchor, is out for the rest of the season. So I'm going with Milwaukee. I see a pretty similar story to what we saw uh, earlier this weekend, maybe not by 19, but Milwaukee by like 10. I think Giannis has a game, Lillard has a game, and I think even if Brunson does have a big game, I don't trust Randall and Baird and the other guys. So give me the Bucks minus three and a half. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything that you mentioned there, right? And I think it's especially the, the biggest thing for me is that uh, you mentioned without Mitchell Robinson anchoring this defense, it's just been really bad for the New York Knicks. And just to put it into context, 21 games with uh, Mitchell Robinson this season, the um, I'm trying to put up their rating. The Knicks had a defensive rating of one uh, 113.8 with Mitchell Robinson, allowing 112 points per game. Seven games without Mitchell Robinson, they have a defensive rating of 122.6, uh, giving up 122.3 points per game. So they're giving up 10 more points per game without Mitchell Robinson. It makes sense, right? Because, again, he was your defensive anchor and give you that rim protection. And without him there, guys like Giannis can just obviously attack the boards. Bobby Portis, uh, even Brooke Lopez, you know, um, can and get there as well. I know he has a three-point line, but um, it's just it's just too easy for this Milwaukee Bucks team scoring points inside the paint here. So, I think when we get closer to game time, this uh, number will balloon up to, um, like you mentioned, probably four and a half, five and a half. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, just to put into context here, um, on Christmas Day, the Bucks are three and two straight up, two and three against spread, four and one to the over. Knicks on Christmas Day, one and four straight up, one and four against the spread, and three and two to the under. So um, I expect the Bucks. I think nothing has changed here. So giving the Bucks minus three and a half. Total sitting at 242 in this game here, Scott. Any thoughts on that? I think I think I have to lean to the over because I just don't think the Knicks can stop anybody. It's really just looking at the Bucks team totals against this team. 
in the last two games against the Knicks, they're averaging 138 points. Like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to lean to an under when Milwaukee might walk into 130 again. And they kind of called off the dogs there late in that fourth quarter. I'm going to lean to Milwaukee team total over. I'm going to lean to the over in general. I just think the Knicks, without Mitchell Robinson, are not equipped to handle the paint, especially with Giannis constantly being a freight train to go to the rim. So give me the over. I think Milwaukee probably scores 125-130 again, and the game goes over. Yeah, I think for uh, Milwaukee, I'll look at their team total to go over. I played this on Saturday because it was the early start uh, between these two teams. I took the first half under and then came back with the second half over. Um, and that worked out very nicely for me. So I think that's my uh, that's the way I might just attack it again. Uh, again, an earlier start uh, for this first game. And then, you know, maybe take a little time for these two teams um, to get going again. Um, and then we see the uh, offense ramping up in the second half. So I think that's my how I will play it. Uh, player props, what are we looking at here? I think that you're looking at whichever big three option you want for Milwaukee or big two option. A Lillard was fine last game. Giannis was fine as well. It felt like it was kind of a well-balanced attack by the entire team where Malik Beasley had like five threes and everyone was hitting shots anyway. But I can, I can expect Giannis to have a better game. He's been a bit quiet offensively to some degree compared to his 60-plus points he put up a couple weeks ago against Indiana. But he had a pretty small triple-double against the Spurs in terms of points. Had 28 points against the Knicks last game, but he only took 17 shots. And he only attempted eight free throws. So it does seem like Giannis could be more aggressive if he really needs to be. He didn't yeah. need to be. So it's kind of a matter of what that you expect to happen. Lillard was the same way. He had 19 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. Uh, Middleton had 20 points as well. I think I let Bobby Portis off the bench in this game. He had 23 and 11. He's been really good off the bench mm -hmm. in general for several years, but with Hartenstein moving into the starting lineup, who's the Knicks backup center? Do they have anybody like Jericho Sims are going to throw out there for a little bit? They got nobody in terms of front court yeah. depth. Yeah. I was going to mention Sims is injured too. Uh, he's they got Taj Gibson. I forgot. They got Taj Gibson yeah. now. Yeah. He's I'll good take for my chances with Bobby Portis. I think Portis <laughs> is a pretty good option with a bench player because it's also a spot where if it's a blowout, Portis mm -hmm. gets more minutes. So yeah. I do think it's kind of game flow proof in a way where Porters might get extra run time if they blow it open early. But, Kobe, to answer your question, I don't know why Milwaukee would have traveled back when they were against the Knicks over the weekend. They probably stayed, if I had to guess. Yeah, it's Saturday, today's Sunday. Yeah, so I'm guessing they probably just ended There's up There's no point in going back to Milwaukee to fly back. Like, no, I'm assuming they stayed the weekend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they stayed as well. So uh, not a big travel situation uh, for Milwaukee. So... Um, yeah, anyway, answer your question he's asking. I, I was gonna, I didn't have anything for the Bucks just because, again, like you mentioned, that it may turn into a blowout. Um, but for um, Bobby Portis, I do like, I do like uh, Hartenstein's rebounds. That's at nine and a half. He did have uh, 13 in the game on a bunch Saturday. of offensive rebounds in that game. Yeah, say, so, but and a lot of his rebounds have been coming from uh, offensive rebounding, so. Mm -hmm. On Saturday, seven offensive rebounds of the 13, five of the 10 against the Brooklyn Nets, seven of the 17 uh, were against the Lakers, six of the 10 yet against the Clippers were offensive rebounds. So um, do like that uh, for him. And then maybe Damian Lillard assists in this game. He's had back-to-back -back games of seven assists. It is at seven and a half at plus 114. So if you're able to find it at six and a half with some, I guess, a little less big uh, I don't hate that for Damian Lillard in this game, but uh, yeah, those are the couple I was looking at. Anything else that you like? I'm, I know the Bucks have a hard time guarding Brunson because he's kind of dominated them in two out of three games. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the Bucks even pivot defensively because they still won the last game by 19 points. Like, I don't know if they're going to change anything. Do you think yeah. Bronson just has another massive game? Because the concern you run into is the fact that it's a standalone game on TV. It's a holiday, so everyone's going to be betting the game. Every over is going to be juiced in this yeah. game. Like, every single number is going to be inflated. So you can argue maybe a contrarian play on Brunson, but I don't know if they can guard him. So I think I'm staying away from Brunson. I, I, I kind of want your thoughts on that because he's done very well against this team over the last couple of years, but especially in two of the three meetings this season. But I'm just concerned by how inflated these numbers are in the actual standalone games. Yeah, what's his points prop? I think for maybe this early one, Maybe people won't be paying attention just because it's, it's a it is very the Knicks, early though. start. It is the Knicks. Yeah, that's I mean, true. It's the Knicks and Bucks. It's it's high, too. It's a high profile market in Giannis. So yeah, Brunson's points are at twenty six and a half. I thought it would be like around twenty seven. I thought it would be higher and a half. Yeah, yeah I, I still like the over there twenty six and a half. But yeah, I'm just saying for future reference on some of the players uh, that you're looking at, keep in mind that there might be some juiced prices to overs because of how public all these games are going to be. I mean, you should also look at his shot attempts against the uh, Knicks this season. So in the three games, um, the first one who back else, on November. Who else is going to shoot? Yeah, November 30th, I mean, 30 shot attempts, 26 on Saturday. Then back on December 5th, he had 22. So what did Brunt, what did a, Barrett went five for 17? Randall went last, eight on Saturday. 17? Yeah. Uh, well, um, Randall also had 10 free throws. So maybe if you want to go for Randall and you think that he gets to the line a lot, that could potentially mm-hmm. work out. But yeah. Once again, Brunson is the main matchup problem that Milwaukee has, at least in yeah. terms of trying to stay in front of people. So I don't know why Brunson would, you know, stop shooting. They lost yeah, the game anyway, but he had 36 points. It wasn't his fault they lost. Can't stop anybody. Yeah, I think I would still be on Brunson at 26 and a half. Yeah. Uh, on the over. Uh, all right, Scott, anything else for this game? No, not really. All right, uh, before we get over to the next game on the Christmas Day schedule, uh, let me tell everyone about DraftKings. Look, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving away uh, new is giving new customers an exclusive offer just for NBA fans. So exclusively for the NBA Gambling Podcast, there's an exclusive of offer for NBA fans. So this week. New customers can bet $5 and get $150 instantly in bonus bets, plus score an NBA League Pack subscription on us for the rest of the season. Download the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 plus score an NBA league pass on DraftKings only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling palm, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800 Gambler.net. If you're in New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 or visit CCPG pg.org please say responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resorts in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance league pass reward issued as promo code to redeem subscription and must be claimed by january 15th 2024 see draftkings.com slash promos for eligibility and draft and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources 
And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. You can win bigger by betting smarter in this NFL season and NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets Revolutionary Parlay Optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as was an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first one today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here. Next game on the schedule, it is going to be the Golden State uh, uh, Warriors. They are going to be headed to the Mile High City to take on the uh, Denver Nuggets. Currently seeing uh, the Denver Nuggets are a four and a half point or somewhere there, six and a half point favorite. Currently over on um, DraftKings with a total of 233 and a half. Take a look at the injury report for both of these teams. Start here with the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, they will be without Draymond Green. Uh, Gary Payton II is out as well with the right calf strain, and Andrew Wiggins is officially listed as questionable. Uh, He has an illness. For the Denver uh, Nuggets, two guys that are probable, KCP is probable, and Aaron Gordon is probable as well. Um, And Can Carr is going to be out uh, for this game. He is recovering from left knee surgery. Um, a couple of tidbits I did find here about this game here, Scott, before we actually get into the side and total um, and player props for this game. This is going to be the Denver Nuggets fourth game on Christmas Day, and all three of their games have been at home for the Denver uh, Nuggets, and they haven't fared very well. On Christmas Day, they're just one and two straight up, zero and three against those spreads. Uh, sorry, zero and three against the spread. And for that was the, the Phoenix w- game last year. I believe so. Eric Gordon poster on Shamit. That was Christmas. I think so. Yeah. Um, So let's start with the side here. Minus six and a half in favor of the defending champions uh, against the Golden State Warriors. What are you thinking? So I got to see this team play on Friday and then they had a back to back because they played Charlotte the day after and they won, but didn't look good in that game. So it's the third game in four nights. Fatigue might be an issue. I'm taking the points with Golden State. I, I just think that this line is a little bit too large to me. The Nuggets actual starting lineup is incredible in terms of efficiency numbers. Their bench is awful. I don't think enough people actually talk about it, and I got to see it in person. Their bench unit is abysmal. They got no scoring at all with their bench. And Golden State, I do think, has the ability to potentially outscore Denver in those bench minutes. Now, I'm not saying this team's better without Draymond Green, but I will say the chemistry is a lot better without Draymond Green. I do feel like that's been on display when you look at the actual huddles on timeouts and just the overall chemistry, whether or not Gary Payton the second and Steph Curry knew the spread in the Wizards game. The point is, <laughs> you see them making jokes on the sideline, uh, Chris Paul flipping off Clay Thompson. It's all good-natured stuff. But the point yeah. is, I do think that Golden State's playing good basketball, and I do think Denver, once again, even though I know how good Jokic is, I know how good this overall starting lineup is, they really need to reinvent the bench unit because right now they got Reggie Jackson jap- jacking up shots with like Peyton Watson and, and mm-hmm. you're throwing in like a little bit of DeAndre Jordan and you got Najee points. They got no bench at all. And I got to watch them get killed in those bench units against the Nets. I think Golden State has enough depth to take advantage of that bench unit to hang in there. 
I'm going to lead to Golden State. You mentioned that Denver's had some issues covering big numbers on Christmas before. Golden State's also played a lot of Christmas games. This isn't exactly unfamiliar territory. But I like what I've seen from Golden State recently. Denver, I think, is good, but they do need to make some roster adjustments, just some small ones with the bench. But until then, I think Golden State's a decent matchup, and I do think they're going to be able to hang in there. Give me Golden State plus the six and a half. Yeah, I love Golden State in the spot. I feel like this is one too many points here for the Denver Nuggets. Um, the Golden State Warriors have won six straight games. And like you mentioned, right, it, it's finally that Steve Kerr made the adjustment in the starting lineup. And I know Andrew Wiggins has been missing a couple games, but prior to his uh, illness, he started pods. He started Jonathan Kaminga. And Kaminga has looked really good once he uh, was inserted into the starting lineup. Um and he's also, a, you know, he does a great job on the defensive side of the basketball as well, does Jonathan Kaminga. So I think that gives him, you know, I guess flexibility is maybe not the right word, but I think he's, you know, he's he, he's a better contributor on the offensive side of the basketball than is Draymond Green, right? Uh, obviously, I, I guess scoring the basketball is what I'm trying to say. We know Draymond Green really initiates the offense uh, for the Golden State Warriors and has for a very long time. But you take a look, they're also putting up a point. I mean, they put up 120 uh Let's see, 124 plus points in four out of their last five wins. And they've scored at least 118 in all five of those wins. And, you know, like you mentioned, the offensive clicking, Clay Thompson has looked like he's found some type of form here. I'm not saying he's back to the player he was prior to those injuries. A lot better than he was earlier in the year. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, last five games, he's averaging 32 minutes per game, 24, but close to 25 points per game. Shooting at 51% from the field, 46% from three-point land. So, and they've needed every uh, bit of it just because, you know, Steph Curry can only carry your team so much. So, and you mentioned, right, Denver hasn't looked um, they're winning. I mean, on the road. They're not winning by margin, but they're, win- yeah. they're winning some of these yeah, games. They're, I mean, yeah, they're exactly. close, though. Yeah. So, I, I like the Denver uh, – sorry, I like the Golden State Warriors here with you as well. Um, just for the context, 11 2 straight up for the Denver Nuggets at home, 7 5 and 1 against the spread at home as well. And we talked about the woes that the Warriors had last season, right? On the road, and those seems like they have corrected themselves a little bit here thus far this season. So, just to put the numbers on it, Warriors this season just 6 and 8 straight up on the road, but they are 8 and 6 against the spread uh, thus far this season at home. Oh, sorry, on the road. So I, I like the Warriors here with you, giving the plus six and a half. What do you think about the total here? That number currently sits at uh, 233.5. Golden State's had a lot of high-scoring games lately. Denver likes to slow the pace, but I do think that the over is probably the play based on how Golden State's going to want to play this game. They're going to want to run. Just how they're going to want to play. They've been playing very fast recently with or without Draymond. You could argue faster without Draymond because they have a lot more small ball lineups and they tend to just run and gun it. I'm going to lean over in this game. Denver's defense had a hard time stopping the Nets. I I, I was there. They could not get many stops in that game. I do think that the perimeter defense for Denver is fine. KCP is a good perimeter defender. Murray's okay. But I do think that they tend to lose track of guys off ball from what I've noticed this season. And I do think that can be an issue against Golden State in particular. I'm going to lean to the over in this game. I'm assuming you agree, but we're probably expecting a high-scoring close game. Yeah, I'd probably look at Warriors team total over, um, but I don't hate the full game over either. Um, you know, we mentioned the numbers, right? They, they're putting up points, and they're playing at a faster pace are the um, Golden State Warriors. So I, I can definitely get behind the over in this game. Um, and like you mentioned, I'm trying to put the numbers of what they've actually done as far as pace. Uh, over the last five games here for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Visually, uh, they got to be up there. 
because they've been playing really fast. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So last five games for the Golden State Warriors. Um, they are number 13. Okay. Um, Feels bad. I'm sorry. No, that that's not. That was season long. I'm sorry. Last five games, they are um, actually down, dropped down to number 17. Really? But they are top five in offensive efficiency. I think that's where it's making up as okay. far as pace uh, for the Golden State Warriors. So, um, yeah. All right. Scott, player props? Yeah. Uh, do I bondly take Jokic's triple-double? Feels like yeah, it probably makes sense. He hasn't added one in a couple of the games. He was one assist short against the uh, Hornets, but I think it's still a good spot for him. I don't mind Jokic's triple-double. I think Murray has a good game. Uh, he's recently gotten back into form. He had... I, I don't know if he reached 30. I think he reached 30 against the Nets. I think he had 31, like 27 or something in the second half. He was really good in that game. But I do think I'm looking at Murray and Jokic to have solid games. Curry, mostly star power guys. I do like Pode's rebounds, which has been a very solid prop since he joined the starting lineup and just since he really came to the league. Guy can rebound for a guard. Yeah. So I think that he's a worth a look as well. I, I'm trying to think of who's going to benefit the most from the bench minutes. Kaminga technically starts. At yeah, this point. he's been starting. So I, don't know. I was going to say. So, am I looking like a Moody? Like, I'm trying to think of who I'd go for. I think Moody threes is tempting, but I do think mm-hmm. that Golden State can capitalize off this bench unit that Denver has. So, I'd probably look to target maybe a bench guy or two that can give you some offensive punch. Um, she has been coming off of the bench for some of the starters. Just... They'll like stagger into the bench units. So that's why it's kind of. Yeah, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, but I'm not sure if he's actually I like getting, his rebounds. Yeah, if he's actually like getting minutes. He's had, he's had double doubles the last couple games at 10 and 15. Yeah, but has that, been in, has that been in garbage time or is he actually like coming off of the bench? No, he's that? actually coming off the bench. He's giving right. good minutes off the bench. Okay. I, don't, I don't uh, like his rebounds. Uh, I don't see his number posted yet. Um, he's a bench player, so it's probably going to be right before the game. But he's had a couple double-doubles. He had 15 rebounds that last game. That might be worth a look. Yeah. Uh, Jokic rebounds, I'm going to play that. He's had a lot of success against the Golden State Warriors, um, rebounding the basketball at least. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers I just had in front of me. Uh, so against the Warriors, just over the past five games, uh, he's had... So let's go back a couple more. It's 19, 17, 15, 12, 12, 14, and 13. That number's at 12 and a half right now for Nikola Jokic. So I do like the over on his rebounds. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go chalk on Christmas Day because I feel like people that are playing like superstars like Curry and like you mentioned, like we talked about with Jalen Brunson, like everybody's looking at their overs and stuff. But mm-hmm. Seth Curry at 28 and a half, I, I don't hate that number for him. I think he'll play well on Christmas Day. But yeah, anything else for this game? No, I was trying to think if there's anything else I like. I think that it's an interesting matchup between Gordon and potentially Kaminga. Because uh, Gordon, we know, is mostly cutting to the basket and he's very aggressive at going to the rim. Kaminga fouls all the time. It wouldn't shock yeah. me if Aaron Gordon found himself with like 15 points just by rim running the entire game. Yeah, I think you mentioned it like and that's where a lot of assists for um Jokic comes Jokic from, comes from, especially with Aaron Gordon when he's, you know, uh cutting to the basket. So I think that, you know, I'm always a proponent of playing 
Jokic rebounds and assists to go over because more times than not that it's cashing. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely worth a look either for a Gordon point or even his rebounds here for this game against the Warriors. Uh, all right, Scott, uh, before we get over to the uh, next game on the schedule for Christmas Day, let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. Um, you know, you guys can uh, come play alongside with us or make uh, your own account and play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's in the NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football, wherever it might be. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite player's fantasy stats and cash in. Stay tuned at the end of the episode. Scott and I, we're going to put together an underdog fantasy entry for the Christmas Day games. So you guys can watch along and you can also make your own picks, like I mentioned, and maybe make a little extra cash on Christmas Day, uh, courtesy of Underdog's mobile app or their website, underdogfantasy.com. And look, if you don't have an account already, this is the perfect time because you're going to be spending time with family, opening gifts and all that good stuff. And you want to make a little extra cash. Uh, if you don't have an account, you know what? Underdog is going to double your first deposit of up to $100. But you're, they're only going to do that if you use promo code SGPN. So again, go to underdogfantasy.com. And if you don't have an account yet, make sure you use that promo code SGPN. You'll get that first deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, next game on the schedule here. We're going to the West Coast. Let's get uh, to the Boston Celtics. They are taking on the L.A. Lakers. Currently, the Celtics are sitting as a three-point favorite in this game uh, with a total of 234.5. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, uh, Christoph Sporzingis is questionable for this game for the Boston Celtics. That is the only significant injury. Lakers, as usual, listing Anthony Davis and LeBron James as questionable uh, for this game. But obviously, they always are questionable. They end up playing. Rui Hachimura is probable. Also, Cam Reddish is uh, questionable for this game. He is sitting with some left uh, groin soreness. And Jared Vanderbilt is probable for this game. Uh, He has a left heel injury, but uh, he should be able to go in this game. Um. Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus three in favor of the Boston Celtics. And for LeBron James, this is going to be his 18th Christmas Day game here, Scott. But Celtics minus three on the road here. What are you thinking? It's a pretty tricky game to predict because the Lakers have not been good lately. And they ended up beating OKC. LeBron had 40. Uh, They switched up the offensive line. Uh, No, sorry, offensive line. I switched up the lineup (laughs) uh, for this team uh, where they finally told uh, D'Lo to take Ike and they put him on the bench and they looked a lot better because of it. Thank God. Uh, If you you enjoy watching D'Lo in yellow, uh, you better savor it because he's going to be traded in a couple months. But anyway, uh, the Lakers at least are making some changes. So they're trying to make stuff work because they've been abysmal since winning the in-season tournament. Boston's been very good, just simply put. Now, you're looking at Boston, and they're a team I've mentioned several times before that have a ton of talent. They're probably the most talented team on paper in the entire league from top to bottom. The problem is I don't trust them in close games in the fourth quarter, and I think Missoula sucks. Now, luckily for them, I think Darvin Ham's bad too. So you can argue that it's kind of the lesser of two evils approach, which coach do you actually think is better between Darvin Ham and Joe Mazzulla? I think I got to go with Darvin Ham because last season was his first full season as a head coach. And obviously when you go from being Mizzoula. an assistant coach. 
no, last season or Darvin Hams was his, last year was the second year. I think it was both their first years. I think. Yeah. So so what I'm saying yeah, for uh, we talked about this last, and you were pointing this out last year as well. Like for Joe Mazzula, he was absolutely atrocious down the stretch, and I think that also has carried over to this season. But I think I give Darvin Darvin Ham the edge just because he has LeBron James uh, on that bench with him as well. Because you know we talk about guys that are kind of an extension of the coach on the floor. Mm-hmm. Guys like Chris Paul, Steph Curry, LeBron James, those guys come to mind. Where for the Boston Celtics, like I don't get that. Like you don't have that type of player, right? So, and again, last season, like, I think for Darvin Ham and for both Joe Mazzulla, it was, it was it was a growing thing because they went from assistant coaches to head coaches. But I think for Darvin Ham, I would give him the advantage in this game because I feel like he's gotten better year over year over Joe Mazzulla as a head coach. So I'm going to agree with you, but once again, the point is it's close. They're in the same ballpark, which is well below average head coach. But the point I'm trying to make here for the Celtics, they've done well in the head-to-head. They have won four of the last five, but the last two meetings did go to overtime. So if you do want to bet on a really degenerate play, overtime in the game is kind of fun. I think I'm going to lean to – I think the Celtics, once again, are the more talented overall roster, but – do I just think with Porzingis being out, assuming he doesn't play, do the Lakers just dominate inside? Like the Lakers might be trading twos for threes the entire game because they're not a great three-point shooting team. Yeah. I think I'm gonna lean Lakers, but I really don't feel great about it. My main argument is it's a home game. One of the Lakers are a lot better in LA. But I see it being a coin flip game. And if you're gonna give me points in a coin flip, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna lean Lakers, but there's no chance I play the side. This game was gonna be a very interesting one. So I'll lean to the home team in a pretty unpredictable spot. Ooh, I'm gonna go. I, I like the Lakers in this spot. Um, Boston on the road this season are just three, eight, and two against the spread. Um, and I know a lot of, of for, for the Boston subjects. Yeah, big numbers, and also like Kristaps Porzingis has Porzingis has been in and out of the lineup for them as well. But, um. This Lakers team has been really good at home. I know they've been struggling since they came out of uh, the in-season tournament finals and winning it and all that good stuff. But, I mean, they've been pretty good at home. If this was a road game in Boston, I would probably be on Boston. But the Lakers at home this season, I believe they are 10-3 and three straight up. Um, LeBron didn't play um, in that Friday game against OKC, but I did think he played up in, that, uh, in the OKC game on Saturday. Um, catching points at home where a team is 10 and three straight up. I like the Lakers in this spot. I think LeBron will do LeBron things. I mean, you take a look at what he's done in Christmas day games. I know we'll talk about player props here in a minute, but averaging 27 points per game, seven rebounds, seven assists on Christmas day. He's also been shooting it around 49%, close to 50% from the floor. So I think Anthony Davis should have a big game because I, again, we talk about this Boston Celtics team. They, he, they just don't have that big body to uh, defend Anthony Davis. I think Robert Williams said this would be a different story, but I think LeBron and Anthony Davis can get wherever they want at the rim in this game. So uh, I'm going to go with the Lakers plus the three. I like them on the money line here as well. Total is sitting at 233.5 in this game. Sorry, 234.5. What are your thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to lean under in this one. I can't take the over in every game, but I do think you're looking at, once again, a spot where if I'm picking the Lakers to win this game, I think they have to try to slow the pace, and I think they have to try to guard the three-point line as well as possible by limiting transition chances for Boston. 
I'm hoping one bad quarter kills it because we know that the Lakers love to play in the half court, especially in the fourth quarter. And the Celtics play way too much half court in the fourth quarter because they're not very good at it late in games. So I think when you're looking at a close game, in my opinion, I think that bodes well to the under because Boston's going to go very stagnant offensively, a lot of ugly isolation possessions, some contested fadeaway jumpers, and I think the game's going to turn into a bit of a rock fight in the last couple of minutes. So I'm going to lean to the under. I think it finishes somewhere in the 220s. Yeah, I'll lean with the under here as well. Um, Lakers at home this season, 10-3 and three to the under, uh, averaging only about 220 points per game. Anytime I and then I guess the counter argument for me would be is anytime I bet a Celtics under it, like I think of 90% of the time it ends up going over. Uh, but you mentioned the pace. I think that you know it'll probably slow down in the second half. And then who do I trust more in that second half when it gets down to crunch time? It's definitely LeBron and the Lakers because again, uh, you've mentioned this several times that Joe Mazzulla down the stretch is just not very good. So um I think when the pace does slow down, it gets into half-court offense. I do trust the Lakers more as well. So, leaning with the under here as well. Player props in this game here. Uh, Scott, what are you looking at? I think I have to like AD in this game. Al Horford is a pretty good defensive player, but he's not the same defensive player he used to be. But mm-hmm. AD is just such a matchup problem, and especially with him having a day off or two to prepare for this game, he should be ready to go. The main issue with AD is on back-to-backs, he tends to no-show second halves, and there's some issues there with durability. But when he has actual ample rest time, he usually dominates. And I think it's a good matchup for him here. I like AD to have a monster game, either with points, rebounds, maybe blocks as well. But I do think that AD is going to be the main source of attack for the Lakers. We saw him have a big game against the Thunder last time out. Not as big as LeBron, but still, the point is I do think that AD is in line for a pretty game here. LeBron assists, I think, is appealing. Uh, you can argue maybe a triple-double, but I don't think he's going to get there. But I do think that LeBron is going to handle more of the actual ball-handling responsibilities now that D'Lo is out of the starting lineup. They swapped in Reddish. So to go off, to go through the starters, by the way, they had Reddish, LeBron, Vanderbilt, Prince, and Davis, which means LeBron's basically the point guard. So if he's going to be the point guard for this lineup and play the point forward role, I kind of have to look at assists because he might be set up in a Luka spot where the ball's in his hands all the time. And just based on the quantity of possessions, he's going to find ways to get assists. So give me LeBron over the assists and I'll go with 80 points and rebounds. I think 80 has a big game. If 80 went for like 32 and 17, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, like you mentioned, they did move D'Lo to the bench, and they're starting now. I'm a assuming little you more co-sign be- that move, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, this is not, probably not a hot take, but D'Lo's days are numbered in uh, L.A. as a player for the Lakers, at least. But I think they've gone to more of a defensive lineup. I mean, and again, I think this bodes well for, or, for our like towards the under because Jared Vanderbilt has stepped up to, stepped into that starting lineup. Torian Prince is in that starting lineup now, and Cam Reddish. And Cam Reddish, I think, has found his role with this with this Lakers team, right? It's just about being a defensive anchor uh, for this um, for this Lakers team. So, um, and again, your all of your offensive output is going to be from AD and LeBron. LeBron in that game against the Thunder, where they did make that lineup change, he ended up with forty points in that game, right? And both AD and LeBron had twenty field goal attempts in in, in that game. So. Um, 
I, yeah, again, to answer your question, yeah, I 100% agree about the move that they did uh, decide. And again, D'Lo only ended up playing 17 minutes in that game as well. He did finish with 15 points, but um, it's Austin Reeves and Rui Yachimura, the first two guys over the bench for the LA Lakers. But um, I think who's somebody in the chat pointing out that, yeah, Kobe said that LeBron's assist at eight and a half. I think at that point, I'll probably just look at playing a triple-double for uh, for LeBron. I know AD gets a lot of the rebounds as well, but um, I think that might be worth a look for LeBron on Christmas Day for him to get a triple-double. Um, anything else with this game here, Scott? No, not really. Uh, once again, winning to the Lakers and only to the under. All right, next game on the board here. We'll go to South Beach, the Philadelphia 76ers. Headed to Miami to take on the Heat. Heat currently sitting as a two and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 225 and a half. And obviously, the big news in this game is going to be for the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid is out for this game. He is dealing with a right ankle sprain. Nicholas Batum also out for this game. Uh, Robert Covington is probable. That is it for the Sixers. For the Miami Heat, uh, Jimmy Butler is questionable. Haywood Highsmith is questionable. Josh Richardson is probable, um, and that is where we are at. So um, big news here, obviously, for the Sixers, like I mentioned, no Joel Embiid on Christmas Day for the Philadelphia 76ers here. Scott, um, I don't know if you want to expand on uh, Joel Embiid sitting out for this game, and then we can get into the spread here of uh, the Heat minus 2.5. Yeah, he's scared of Miami. No, just kidding. Apparently, he's an ankle <laughs> sprain, so yeah. he's uh, not going to play in this game. It's I I don't I want to say surprising, but he's been missing practices recently, so it's not exactly a shock. I'm shocked he played the Toronto game. I thought it was a pretty standard spot for him to sit against Toronto and then end up playing on national television. I thought that was a pretty standard move. Instead, he had 31, 10, and 9 against Toronto, and Tobias Harris somehow had a monster game. I don't know how that ended up happening, but the, they had a big three performance from those two and Maxi. I feel like for this game, everyone's going to take Miami solely because Embiid's not playing. I'm going to zag here. I'm going to take Philly. I think from years past, this Philly team does tend to get up for spots without Embiid. And I do think that even though Miami is a team that has been playing pretty good basketball recently, they still are not great as home favorites. They're only eight and six straight up at home this season. They beat Atlanta by nine last game. That game was closer than nine, though. That game was pretty close throughout. Uh, Beat Orlando by nine the game before that. They've been playing better basketball, but I just feel like everyone's going to be liking Miami in the spot. And I think Philly's more live to win this game than people anticipate. So I'm going to go a bit contrarian here. I think a lot of people are once again going to look at the Heat at two and a half and go, what a steal. And B's not playing. They got no chance at winning. I disagree. I didn't actually have a chance to win anyway. I'm going to lean to Philly. I think it's a good contrarian spot. Yeah, I mean, I think what's the rule? That uh, Terrell has always said this, that anytime you see the Miami Heat as a favorite, you know, despite who they're playing and who's on the court or who's not on the court, uh, you typically want to fade that team. So this season, Miami uh, as a home favorite, yes, eight and three straight up, but just four and seven against the spread. Eight, and eight if you want to straight up, I think, right? Um, as eight a home three? favorite, I see, I see oh, home favorite. Sorry, yeah, okay. I'm My sorry. Bad. Um, and then going back to last season, as a home favorite, 38 and 16 straight up, but against the spread, 19, 33, and two. That's less than, or that's around 62.1 percent if you're betting the underdog when the uh, Miami Heat are favored at home. So, um, 
Doesn't this look crappy yeah. to you conceptually? Like Embiid's not playing, and now Miami's laying less than three points. This looks very trappy. So I was looking at the lines on Friday uh, for, and I th- I want to say Sixers were favored by a point or a point and a half. But I think Embiid is worth more than what three, four points of the line, don't you think? Or do you I think, think it's about he is right too. But unless the argument is Butler might not play because he's questionable. So yeah, that's, we'll see that's what a happens good point. Yeah, hasn't played in two straight games, so maybe he'll play. We'll yeah. see, but it just feels like this line's off. And I don't even mean that in a sense that like you have to jump on Miami because of the reputation of not covering at home. It feels off because it feels like they're just daring you to take Miami, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. I so I'll lean Philly. Um, yeah, lean Philly here as well. Uh, thoughts on the total here? Two. What to say? Two twenty-five and a half for this game. Yeah. I think I'm going to lean over because Miami's been okay offensively. They scored at least 115 points in th- in three of the last four. Actually, I got to go further than that. It's four of the last five at least. The one exception was one away against Minnesota, who's probably the best defense in the league, so that's not a bad showing either. Uh, Philly's been great offensively. Now, I know a lot of it's Embiid, but they're going to probably play faster without Embiid. Maxi might have a big game. He might end up seeing a spot where they just run it a bit more uh, with Embiid being mm-hmm. out. Maybe Paul Reed, maybe they go smaller. I'm going to lean over in this game. I think the pace will be there, and I think the points will be there. So give me the over. Yeah, I think that um, we'll see the we'll see the pace faster for the Sixers in this game without Joel Embiid on the floor. Um, Erica pointing it out as well in the chat, and you mentioned it here as well, Scott, that it should be a big Tyrese Maxey game uh, without Embiid on the floor. Two games a season without Embiid. One was against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are one of the best defensive teams in the league. He was held to 16 points in that game. Did have eight assists, seven of 19 from the floor, but against the New Orleans Pelicans, 33 points, uh, 13 of 25 from the floor for Tyrese Maxey. So I do like Maxey in this spot here. Um, If Jimmy Butler does not play in this game, I look at Tyler Hero. Uh, I was on his PRA on Friday uh, against the... He flew over that, I think. Yeah, it was like 32 and a half or 33 and a half, but he flew over. He got over the points as well. But uh, again, keep an eye out for the status of Jimmy Butler in this game. But what player props are you looking at, Scott? Yeah, I think for this game, Maxi, of course, is the given. I don't mind assists potentially if you want to make a pivot. I'm trying to think of if I want to back Tobias Harris off of a big game, arguably his first big game in I don't know how many years. Like that was a monster mm-hmm. Tobias Harris game. I'm, yeah. I don't think we're going to get that, but I do think that he's going to be the guy that has to step up if they want to have a shot to win this game. With Embiid being out, I think that Tobias, maybe if you want to go with PR, that might be worth a look because somebody's going to have to rebound the ball. I think Tobias might be in a decent spot here. Um, let's see his numbers. Uh, so without MB this season, 15, 12, and 14, 6, 4, and 5 uh, for his rebounds. But like you mentioned last game, he did have 33 against Toronto, and that was a game with uh, Joel Embiid out there. But yeah, look, outside of Maxi, I mean, that has to be the next guy that has to step up for this six or seven. I don't think that's a secret. I know they also have guys like Kelly Oubre who could get hot from three-point land as well. There was a game randomly where I think Embiid was out and Patrick Beverly absolutely like went off um, in a game. I think he had like 25 point, 25 plus points in that game, uh, did Patrick Beverly. But 
Um, yeah, those are the kind of I was looking at. Hero at PRA, if he does go, uh, if Jimmy Butler does not play in this game. Um, do you think Bam has a big night on the boards without Embiid there? He should, but I'm with Terrell on this one, where every time I pick Bam to go over rebounds, he shows up with six. So I don't really want to play that game. I also want to mention, by the way, since you mentioned uh, Bam, I don't mind Caleb Martin rebounds, uh, but I am looking at his points in rebounds, and that's at 14 mm-hmm. and a half. He's been flying over. He's gone over in eight of his last 10 games. I think he's gone over in 11 of the last 13. But you're if uh, Embiid's not going to play, Sixers probably go smaller, and I do think that Caleb Martin is a very good rebounder for his size. We saw it in the playoffs last year, for example. But 14 and a half points and rebounds have gone over in eight of the last 10. That's good enough for me. It's about even money, plus 105, and there's good value on that. All right. Anything else for this game? No, not really. All right. Let's get over to the last game of the Christmas schedule. We got the Dallas Mavericks. They are headed to Arizona to take on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Looking at the injury report, or sorry, uh, let's look at the lines here first. Phoenix is a four and a half point home favorite with a total of 236 and a half. Uh, Looking at the injury report for this game, Kyrie Irving out, Maxi Kleba out, and Josh Green is going to be out as well. Derek Lively, the second, is questionable for this game. For the Phoenix Suns, Eric Gordon is probable. Yusuf Nurkic is out for this game as uh, well. Bradley Beal is out as well. Um, Wantanabe and Josh Okogi are probable. So let me go with the guys that are officially out for the Phoenix Suns. Bradley Beal, Damian Lee, Yusuf Nurkic are all out. And then probable tags. I forgot Damian Lee was still in the link. (laughs) Yeah. Wantanabe, Josh Okogi. Nasir Little and Eric Gordon are all probable for the Phoenix Suns. Um, Scott, let's start with a side here. Minus four and a half in favor of the uh, Phoenix Suns, the home team here. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, just give me Dallas money one. Like, I, I can't stand <laughs> this Phoenix team. I, I just can't. Like, it, I, I've, I've made several comments about Phoenix during the offseason. I thought the Beal trade was laughable. And I thought getting Nurkic back in that Eaton trade. I will give Nurkic props. He has been better been than really I good for them, actually. Yeah. But the issue is, once again, he has had durability concerns, and I don't think he's good defensively. So I think that he's going to bring his own red flags with him, despite him being a good rebounder and being a bit better with passing compared to Aiton, for example. Beal's barely played. That's not a shock either, because he has gotten injured for the last couple of years anyway. But the main issue that I had with Phoenix in the offseason, it's why I know all of us loved their win total under, which, has, if you want to hear a joke, was in the 50s. Remember that? Phoenix's win total being in the 50s, good times. <laughs> but the argument was that we made, or that I made at least, was when you put that much money into three guys and one of them's not going to play, your bench unit's screwed because you have to use a bunch of veteran minimums to try to fill up the rest of your roster. And their bench isn't very good. Eric Gordon's fine. He has been playing less recently, and he's already been vocal about playing less and he wants to play more. So maybe he gets traded. We'll see what happens. But... I can't trust Phoenix. I've seen this team get blown out by Sacramento. They barely beat the Wizards. They blew a double-digit lead to Portland. I know they're at home in this game, but I don't I don't like this team. I think the makeup of this team is flawed, and I think that Dallas, yes, they're missing a lot of guys. I get it. Dallas, you could argue, mentally has an edge over this team because they won the playoff series, obviously. Phoenix has done pretty well since then in the regular season meetings, but I'm going to lean to Dallas here because at least I know what they are. Phoenix is a team yeah. that gets so much, uh, I would say, respect from the marketplace, and they mm-hmm. haven't earned any of it. It's all based on projections and expectations, and they've underachieved every step of the way. I know Lante was very anti-Frank Vogel 
during the offseason. And I was defensive of him because he won a title with the Lakers. I don't think he's done a very good job with this team, but the rosters had issues. Nurkic is out now as well. So I do think that even though Dallas might be missing lively, maybe he does play, and that gives them a, a bit of an edge on the inside. I'm going Dallas here. The Suns team, I think, is a psycho team that's not very good, and I think that they're overrated based on the market. So if you're going to give me an overvalued team laying four and a half against a team that's done pretty well in the past against this team, I'm taking the four and a half or the five. I think Dallas might win the game. Yeah, and the Mavericks have been really good on the road this season, right? Nine and six straight up, nine and six against the spread, ten and five towards the over. Uh, are the Phoenix Suns? Uh, sorry, are the Dallas Mavericks on the road? And I mean, like you mentioned, I've gotten burned by this Phoenix Suns team over the last week. I swore not to go back to them, and I'm not going to in this spot. Um, Luca is going to do whatever he wants in this game. Um, we've seen that historically, like you mentioned in the playoff series, and I, I think this is going to be a game where. I feel like there will be a lot of points being scored. We'll get to the total here in a second, but I don't think the Suns are warranted, like you mentioned, um, to be anything outside of four points in this game. And at home this season, the Phoenix Suns, seven and eight straight up, just five and ten against the spread. As a home favorite, four and eight against the spread are the Phoenix Suns. So I like Dallas's spot here as well. Um, I'll take the points here. Total in this game at 236 and a half. Scott, uh, the second highest total on the board, I think rightfully so. But what are your thoughts on the totals here or on the total here? I know a lot of people are gonna love the over because you have Durant and Booker and Luca, and I get all that. I kind of like the under in this game. Like <laughs> I just feel right. this number is way too high. If I'm picking Dallas to win this game. It does mean that I'm expecting Phoenix's offense to struggle, and they are missing some depth pieces with this roster. I'm going to lean to the under. I know a lot of people will be on the over in this game, but I don't know. I think Dallas, and kind of similar to what I said about the Lakers game, I can see this game slowing down a lot in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to lean under. 236 and a half is kind of massive. I'm going to lean under in this game. I think it ends up low 230s, high 220s. Yeah, Phoenix is bottom 10 over the last five games defensive rating-wise. Dallas is also below league average defensive rating-wise. Do you have the pace numbers um, for these teams? Yeah, so last five games, Dallas is number four in pace. Phoenix is at number 18 as far as pace. That's over the last five games, and then season-long, um, the Mavericks are pretty consistent. They are at number eight, so a little bit faster over the last five games. The Phoenix Suns season long are where they go. Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. Uh, bottom seven, but they are playing a little bit faster over the last five games. So um, I'm going to lean on. Take that for I, might, I might be okay. dead wrong on this one, but it just feels like this number is a bit high. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll lean with the over in this game. Um, I mean, the numbers are there, right? Phoenix at home are, let's see here, 11 and 4 towards the over. Mavericks, like I mentioned, 10 and 5 towards the over uh, in their road games as well. And again, I'm not a believer in this Dallas defense. I just think they're going to kind of go out there and, or do go out there and let Luka do his thing and, you know, just try to outscore their opponent. Um, but, yeah, I'll go with the over in this game here. All right, player props, Lon, uh, sorry, uh, Scott, what are we looking at? So I know Luca, of course, is an insanely talented player, and I know that he's one of the favorites to an MVP. 
Mm-hmm. This point total's absolutely massive at 36 and a half. Now, I know he had 40. He had, <laughs> he had like a 39-point triple-double in three quarters against San Antonio. Like, yeah. I, I get it. To go through the numbers, though, in the regular season against Luka, he really doesn't touch 40 that often. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go through the numbers here with Luka in the regular season against Phoenix. 34 Zero. He only played three minutes in that one game. He got injured, so I'll ignore that. So 34, 33, 35, 28, 25, 29, 32, 18. 36 and a half. It's like massive. Like that, that's such a massive yeah, number. I get it. Do you think Phoenix lets him go crazy? Or do you think they just basically trap him and dare anybody else to make shots? Um. So I think like I, I like we've seen in the losses over the last five games that the Dallas Mavericks have taken that opposing teams have got or had let Luca get whatever he wants and then like buckle down on the rest of the team. And if you take a look at, all right, who's not being the Spurs right now, because that defense is the worst in the entire national league or sorry, uh, uh, uh NBA. in the entire yeah. national basketball association, but against the Clippers, he had 28. They lost that game in 44. But that was a really bad shooting out for him, 9 of 25. Against the Denver uh, Nuggets, he had 38 points. They lost that game by 26. Against the Minnesota Timberwolves, he scored 39, and they lost that game by 18. So it's like, all right, let's just let Luka get whatever he wants. It's going to be pretty much. They still lose. Yeah, they still lose. And then for the Dallas Mavericks, like, all right, like, who can we trust? without Kyrie Irving in this lineup for to provide that scoring support to Luca, because I think like you, like I mentioned, like over the last five games, he's averaging 37 points per game. And the number is at this number because Kyrie Irving's out in that lineup, right? Because then that's why he's putting up these type of numbers right now over the last five games. So it's crazy, but at the same time, you think about it, it's maybe not that crazy because I understand you know, it. I, I just would never personally take an over 36 and a half. Yeah, and I think the last time I took an over for Luca was 33 and a half. This was, I think, want to say last Friday. Um, I think it was against, no, I forgot who it was, but he had like 30 at the half, and then he finished the game with 40, um, did Luca. So um, maybe look at his assist in this game. He's been doing a pretty good job of, you know, dishing it out and, and getting rebounds as well. Well, that's the problem, though, is that if you think they're going to let Luca go off for points, then the assists are going to. I like the rebounds for Luca in this game. That's probably my yeah. favorite prop for Luca because both teams are missing centers. Or you're right. assuming Lively's not going to play. So, yeah, I think that you're going to see Luca rebound the ball well. I think he'll be in triple double range. I'm not yeah. sure he gets there, but I do think the rebounds get there. So I like Luca rebounds in the spot. Yeah, it is nine and a half. Uh, it is a little bit juiced at minus one forty, but. Um, yeah, I, I obviously I couldn't talk you off of that. Um, Luca walks into any gym like Jokic and, and can put up a triple double. So any other player props, maybe, you know, like, is this a Devin Booker, like FU game to Luca or is you just Luca? That's is what you think. Devin Booker's Booker's, head. I don't want to say Booker's been bad lately, but he's been kind of underwhelming recently. He, he really hasn't had a good couple of games in a row at this point. So I probably yeah. don't want to back him. I'd probably back to Rand points. I don't yeah. think anyone in Dallas can guard him. So no. I, I think you're looking at a spot where who gets the assignment? Tim Hardaway Jr. Like good, good luck. Yeah, like, good luck. Have, yeah. have fun with that. I'll, yeah. I'll go with uh, Katie to have a big game. But Booker, I want to make a case for Booker because I know him and Luca hate each other. But mm-hmm. Booker has really not played that well for the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to yeah. stay away from him, at least for points. Um, Maybe assists, but not for points. Points. He's at thirty and a half, thirty-one and a half for Kevin Durant. 
Um, I just trust Kevin Durant. Yeah, I just trust Durant more to be more efficient. Um, at least getting the points. Uh, I don't hate uh, Durant rebounds either. Uh, obviously, without Nurkic there, he's the next you know biggest guy on the floor for the um, for the Phoenix Suns. His last game, it was seven and a half on the rebounds, but he finished the game with seven. Um, he's also been turning with the basketball over a lot. Last game, he had seven turnovers against the Phoenix. Sorry, against the Sacramento Kings, had five against the Portland Trailblazers as well. So, if you want to look at a turnover prop uh, for uh, Kevin Durant, that's in play as well. Any other player props, Scott? No, not really. Uh, I was thinking if I wanted to make a case for a role player on either team. I think Hardaway Jr. 3 is actually pretty tempting in the spot. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that I don't know if he's going to make him, but he's going to shoot him. I mean, we, we saw Luka not play in that game uh, that they got buried in against Houston. You know, he took 17 shots in the first half of that game. Yeah. Tomorrow, uh, yeah. Jr. I was watching. It didn't go there. well. It didn't <laughs> it go didn't. well. Him and, Har- him and Hardy like combined to go like 8 of 32. Or, it was disgusting. But yeah. the point is Hardaway Jr. we know is not afraid to shoot the ball. So if you yeah. are expecting somebody, anybody to step up, Hardaway Jr. is going to jack up a bunch of threes. So I don't mind Hardaway Jr. threes in the spot. Yeah. Um, so they had Azabuki coming off of the bench for them, did the Phoenix Suns. He was good. He was good. 11, 11 and 11. Yeah. I mean, I remember Maybe. him in Kansas. He was this really, yeah. really tall guy who couldn't shoot free throws to save his life. But he can, yeah. run around, he can run under the rim and dunk. So I don't mind him. Yeah, why not? Yeah. They might have found something. Yeah, and that'll be like uh, you mentioned earlier that some of these role players and bench players will probably be closer to game time for to find some of it was also garbage time based though. The, the minutes are going to sure. fluctuate because Sacramento was curb stomping them from the opening tip. So yeah, I do expect Azubuki to have a decent game, but I, his minutes are going to are going to get cut back. He only played that much because the Kings were up basically twenty five or so thirty in like the third quarter. That game was over. Yeah. Um... Erica asking if we agree on Brunson points and Maxi points and KD points. Um, if you're doing I mean, a parlay, talk- I'd probably bump KD down to 30, but I like the others. Yeah. I, I Again, we talked about how Brunson has absolutely had a lot of success against a, a Milwaukee Bucks. Donate that. Maxi, uh, again, without Joel and be there, he will, his usage rate will be through the roof. Um, like I mentioned, he had 33 in the last game uh, without Joel Embiid on the floor. So, um, yeah, I do expect him to play a lot of minutes for. Um, for the Sixers and KD, I, between him and Devin Brook, like I mentioned, I dish KD more because he's a little bit more efficient uh, is Kevin Durant. And again, he can score from any part of the floor as well. All right, uh, Scott, let's get into our lock and dog here for the Christmas Day games, and then we'll put together our underdog fantasy entry. Uh, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so my lock's going to be pretty straightforward. I'm going to take Milwaukee, uh, minus the three and a half. I just think there are tiers in the Eastern Conference, and even though I was very low on Milwaukee's defense early in the season, it has gotten better, and the Knicks' defense, it's not their fault. Mitchell Robinson's out for the year. It sucks, but it is what it is. They own this team. They've won all three meetings by at least five points. They won the last two meetings by double digits, and I think that the Knicks can't stop this team. So I'm going to go with the Bucs. No travel involved because they played against the Knicks over the weekend. Give me the Bucs minus three and a half as my lock. That line might fly to like four and a half or five before game time. Uh, so I am going to go with the Bucks now at three and a half as my lock. For my dog, of course, I'm tempted blindly by Dallas. The question is, do I want to go with Dallas or do I want to go for like a triple-double type play? I don't know how wild I want to get with this one. Uh, let me just quickly see if there are triple-double prices that are even up at this point. 
Uh, are the triple double prices up? Okay, let me yeah, just see what I got here. Who are you looking for? LeBron's too cheap. LeBron's at like six fifty. That I can't take. That's too cheap. Luke's at one seventy five. Pass. So give me Dallas money line. Uh, I think Dallas is in line to have a solid showing against a team that they can't stand. And I do think that the Suns are still overvalued. They're not a very good team, and they're not very good at home. Give me Dallas money line. I think at plus one sixty, give or take. That's a good price. If you want to parlay that, Luca. I don't know, 30? Luca 30 with Dallas Moneyline? Uh, I can try to build that right now. That might get you north of 2-1. to one. Mm. I probably prefer that, right? Because if Dallas is going to win, Luca has to drop 30. Yeah. So yeah, let me build if, if that right now. Dallas is winning this game, but... yeah, if Dallas is winning the game, yeah, like you mentioned, he's going to have, I think, 40-plus. Yeah, he might have 30 regardless, have 30 plus. if yeah, we're yeah. being honest with ourselves. So yeah. let me just quickly see what that same game parlay would pay. Uh, but once again, if you don't have access to same game parlays, I still like the Mavericks money line at like plus 160. But I am going to experiment here because I think Luke is going to have a, a very good game. It's just a 36 and a half conceptually is a line I can't take. So uh, it comes out. No, it doesn't come out anything like 30 plus is minus 500. OK, so that's a waste. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to take Dallas money line at plus 160. Uh, if you want to get spicy, maybe Luca triple double and uh, uh Dallas Mavericks money line that might be a nice payout. Uh, it. I mean, maybe, but I don't think he necessarily needs to get the triple double. Like that. That's kind of the yeah, thing where I'm adding extra risk to it. Plus, he's had some triple doubles in games they've lost anyway. So yeah. I don't know if that even matters. I'll just take the money one. All right. Uh, all right. For my lock, I will go with. Um, let's go with the Warriors plus the six and a half. Um, the team is clicking right now, man. We talked about it. They've won what five, six straight games. Uh, Steve Kerr got his head out of his ass and finally made an adjustment to that starting lineup, inserting uh, uh, pods and um, Kaminga into that starting lineup. Clay Thompson has found some form as well. He's been playing very well recently, being very efficient from the floor. I think Steph Curry does Steph Curry things as well in this game. I think this game does come down to the wire. So, um, I thought this was a little bit too many points here for the. Denver Nuggets, so I'll take the worst plus the six and a half as my lock. For my dog, um, I'm going to trust LeBron on Christmas Day. Um, a small puppy dog, plus 120. Uh, if you want to add like a LeBron, like 25 plus and Lakers, you know, money line to uh, get a little bit more of an exciting price on that uh, on that money line or that that payout. I don't hate that, but I do expect this to be a big AD and LeBron game. But Boston... They just don't have the horses to uh, guard Anthony Davis. And again, another lineup change uh, for the Lakers. Like we talked about, D'Lo going to the bench and them going to more of a defensive uh, lineup, inserting Jared Vanderbilt. So you have Vanderbilt, you have Dorian Prince, Cam Reddish. Uh, Anthony Davis has been great defensively. LeBron can, you know, he can get stops as well. So I like the Lakers in the spot. Um, Lakers plus 120 on the money line for my dog. Uh, Scott, let's put together our underdog fantasy entry uh, for the Christmas Day games. Um, again, if you haven't already signed up for an account with Underdog Fantasy, make sure you do that. UnderdogFantasy.com using promo code SGPN. Uh, that'll get you a first deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, UnderdogFantasy.com using promo code SGPN. Uh, all right, Scott, let's put together our entry here. Where do you want to start? Uh, so we can start off with the star power players that we're thinking about. 
I know Lucas points are way. Well, do you want to go LeBron assists or no? At eight and a half, or do you like rebounds more? I think you want AD instead. I feel like we need either LeBron or AD in this. Yeah, I think AD rebounds. I feel better about. What's that? Like twelve and a half? It's at thirteen and a half though. Okay, thirteen and a half. Yeah. LeBron. Let's see. Do you want LeBron PRA? Yeah, it's at forty-four and a half. What about I think how bad that actually is. Forty-four and a half. I mean, that's that's really not that bad. I mean, if you're expecting to get thirty, that's like that's thirty-eight and seven. That's fine. Yeah. All right. That's not bad. Let's do that. All right. So let's go. Lebron, uh, pra higher forty-four and a half. Uh, what else do we like? Yeah, I think good. we got to put Brunson in there. He's just been He's a monster. Yeah. So we'll go higher on Brunson, 26 and a half. Um, I don't want to put Hero in there just yet. Go Maxi. What's what's Maxi at? Maxi, they have it at 31 and a half for his points. I uh, mean, I the, there's going to be a massive inflation uh, for MB being out. So that does make sense. But uh, you want to go like Luca rebounds? I, I was tempted by rebounds. I mean, someone's going to have to rebound the ball for that team. Yeah, it's at ten, uh, 10 assists and ten rebounds. Yeah, uh, ten, uh, ten rebounds. It's these whole numbers are killing me. Yeah, like because okay. it's it's nine and a half, like minus one forty on the books. But obviously, for these fantasy, uh, for the fantasy projections, you know they'll probably just round up to whole numbers. I'm trying to think of what else we want to Who go else? with. All right, let's see. Um, Jokic rebounds, Curry. Anybody on the Warriors side that we like? Do I dare Chris Paul talk about I mean, that, that's, that's been pretty good lately. Yeah, it's at seven wanna... and a half. I mean, he's been flying over that recently. Yeah, let's just like look what he's done over the past couple games here. I mean, he's been in double-digit assist in four of the last five games. It's been really, really good. Yeah, I, and, I, I think that might be the move. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I like this. Okay. And he's had at least eight in five straight games as well. Yeah. All right. I'll so stay. let's do Chris Ball. Yeah, I like that. All right. So our entry is going to be LeBron PRA higher 44 and a half. Jalen Brunson higher 26 and a half uh, points. And then CP3 higher seven and a half assists. That $100 entry will get you a nice payout of $600. All right. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN. If you don't have an account already, they'll match your first deposit of up to $100. So come join us. Come play along with, side, uh, with us. Uh, and uh, maybe they'll put an extra little cash over uh, in your pockets. Um, shout out to the chat, man. A lot of people joining us here on Christmas Eve. Um, new faces in here as well. We got Erica uh, in the chat there. Parlay Prince. So the usual suspects as well. Cape Quest was in there. Uh, Colby. Uh, was in there so appreciate all you guys uh tuning us uh, in with us on christmas eve uh scott anything else we want to mention my man before we get out of here no not really i don't celebrate the holiday but merry christmas <laughs> there we go happy holidays <laughs> scott response <laughs> just saying i don't celebrate the holiday so i saw somebody uh, commenting before like don't you have families no I, in fact, we don't celebrate this holiday. So, no, I've been available like the entire day. This is what tells you about the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's 847 on Christmas Eve that we're putting out a pod for you guys for the Christmas Day game. So, if I don't see any reviews coming in 
hopefully good reviews in the next week i'm gonna boycott the uh the podcast so uh if you haven't already do us a favor leave us a rating and review for the podcast whether it's on spotify whether it's on apple Podcasts, or wherever you do get your um wherever you do get your uh podcast player all right make sure to follow scott on Twitter slash X, where you want to call it at Rice Show Radio. You can follow me on Twitter or X at Sports Dirt 824. I'm going to keep uh, calling also, it Twitter. I'm not going yeah, to stop I still calling it Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. And you can follow us on Twitter as well, the NBA Gambling Podcast at SGPNNBA. Uh, like Scott mentioned, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Uh, we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. We'll be back to regular programming for the NBA pod. Uh, enjoy the Christmas Day games. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it.